Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor. With mixed market bet builders, in-play betting and a selection of welcome offers, make sure your Premier League is spent with BetVictor's premier betting app. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to VAR at the Bar, episode 25. Normal service has resumed. Who am I with? Hello, I'm Dan. And I'm Chris. How are we? Uh, not too bad, thank you, mate. Yourself? Oh, chomping at the bit. <laughs> you might actually be able to watch some live football from a, a stand if we've got season tickets anywhere. <laughs> That's a plus. That's a big fat no for me, then. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so we're finally getting round to doing the um, end of season review. Yeah, you remember last season because I, I struggled a bit. Yeah, you're testing our memories here, mate. I'll be honest with you, but yeah, it wasn't easy. <laughs> so I, I thought what we'd do is uh, have a bit of a funny, funny bit to start with and talk about the funniest moment from the season. Um, There's more than I thought actually when I looked up when I looked at it, and then I thought we'd sort of rank the teams based on where how we think they've done and then talk about the manager of the season and the best players for the season. All right. <laughs> Dan, any particular funny moments sprang to your mind when you were doing this? Yeah, there's there's one that stood out. I'm sure you'll both remember it. And that was the um, Man of the Match award that Eric Dyer won in the Carabao Cup contest. <laughs> After his... Um, impromptu toilet break mid-match with Jose Mourinho wondering what was going on, marching down the tunnel after him. Oh, yeah. He had Dyer return to the match. He helped them win, scored a penalty, won the Man of the Match award. And then he um, showed his uh, sense of humour by tweeting the Man of the Match award on top of a toilet wrapped in toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I looked at that one. I completely forgot that was this season, to be honest. Yes, it's all blended into one, hasn't it? The last two years, almost. Yeah, yeah, it has. Yeah, that's a good one. Chris, can you can you top that one? Uh, not really. I can remember seeing a Sam Allardyce interview where he basically was trying to get himself a job as a pundit, 
quotes on the interview, if you, if any of you recall that, where he sort of said, I think the guy asked him something, he goes, well, because of you guys, I might not be able to have a job doing anything from now on. But obviously, if you could put in a good word for me somewhere, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously, Guardiola celebrating, what was it? Was it the league with a cigar? Yeah. The league with a cigar. That was quite funny, seeing somebody who's so normally quite um, well-mannered and some, just doing something that you wouldn't think he would, he would do. Just something a bit out of place. But I thought that was quite funny. Uh, the one I had, which I had to double check, was this season because it feels like <laughs> years ago. Was Kieran Tierney against Aston Villa, where he was running back and he had the ball at his feet, and I think he went to do a pass back or something. Yeah. No one around him, and he just fell completely head over, head <laughs> over feet, like he was some drunk on a night out. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was one of the funniest things I've watched. I must have watched on a loop about twenty times. <laughs> <laughs> the funny, the funny thing about the funny thing. Is is he's probably Arsenal's best player of the season? Yeah, <laughs> well. yeah. Um, That's not difficult, but we'll come on to that. The only other one I had was um, Adamola Lookman with his beautiful penalty, oh. just chipped perfectly into the goalkeeper's hands. He didn't have to move from the way he was stood. And Sergio Aguero's pen as well. Well, that that one outraged me for other reasons, but. <laughs> Yeah, the Lookman one. I just, I just found that one really funny. Yeah. Ah, all right. Let's get on to the, the big stuff then. So I thought what we'd do, as it's kind of like a closed top twenty, is if I just get you to, like, just tell me your twenty to sixteen. Yeah. And then we'll just talk about the teams. Yeah. Um, that we that we've mentioned. So, uh, Chris. Let's have your let's have your teams from twenty to sixteen then, please. Yeah. So Sheffield United, West Brom, yeah. Fulham, yeah. and yeah. Wolves. And yeah, you missed one there. Oh, I missed one. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Southampton. Uh, Dan, who have you got? All right. So working backwards from twenty, uh, Sheffield United, Fulham, West Brom, Arsenal, Wolves. Okay. Yeah, we're all fairly similar. Uh, I've gone for. Uh, Sheffield United, West Brom, Fulham, Arsenal, and Spurs. Mm, okay. So let's start with Sheffield United then. <laughs> <laughs> where where did it go wrong? Well, where how many points did they have at Christmas? Nine, I think it was. <laughs> I thought we were looking at another derby, worst ever season. To be honest, at that point, overspent. Had injuries in important areas. Bought an 18-year-old with no Premier League experience for 30 million. Oh, that, that was the nail in the coffin, wasn't it? I don't know on... about 30 million, but it's still a lot of money. You're relying on Brewster for your goals. Yeah. Poor lad. And then um, the ball, I think in the summer, was the two, the left wing back and right wing back for Derby. I just think that he needed to improve other areas to stay up, to stay up and keep that. You know, he had such a good season, didn't he? First season and then pandemic hit. And I think it affected the team quite a lot playing with no fans as well. It didn't seem like that. It sort of suited them. It, at Bramall Lane, obviously it seemed like they were the real 12th man as well. And I think they suffered from that. 
Yeah, I don't think they're they're the only ones on our list that have suffered from the lack of fans no. due to this. Yeah, Dan, do you got anything to add to Sheffield United woes? <laughs> I, I don't want to say too much about them. We all we all put them bottom for a reason. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's move on to West Brom then. Um, should, should they have sacked Billich? Honestly, no. I thought they were right to sack him. I thought they were leaking way too many goals and that they had to make a change. But then they make a point in Sarah who leaked in even more goals. Yeah, but his track record is that he does tighten things up at the back, so I can see why they made the change. I don't don't blame the board for that. Yeah, they bring in someone who hasn't managed for two to three years. You're you're looking at desperation there as well, aren't you? Yeah, so I think what, what we're leading on to here is that the signs were there that it wasn't working under Sam. And I think they should have made another change. Yeah, possibly. Maybe then, for life in the, the championship, maybe go for somebody a bit lower, say to them, here's, here's 10 games, do what you can at the end of this, and then we can build for the championship. Yeah, I think so. Who's in charge now? Very good question. Um, I think it's the ex-Barnsley manager, isn't it? Oh, is it yeah. Ishmael. Ishmael. Yeah, Ishmael, yeah. Yeah, no doubt they'll be back because they are the the yo-yo <laughs> yeah, yeah, team of the current crop, aren't they? Yeah, they're not. A, they're not a bad team. Just whether the they get raided for all their good players. I mean, I think Pereira is still there at the moment, but well, yeah, I think he's on his way out, isn't he? To, uh, is he still there? Saudi club. Oh, he's going Saudi. Oh, great. Yeah, which is a real is. waste of talent, in my <laughs> opinion. But I think someone in the lower ends of the Premier League might have. Done with someone like him. All right. So um, Fulham then, similar story. Well, I put them lower than West Brom because they they spent a lot more money, and um, they had more talent in their squads. That they would have had more belief that they could survive than West Brom, and they still faltered. So that that's why I thought it would be, it would be a bit more disappointing for them. I thought because they got so close to Newcastle, who were near the bottom at the time that they did the hard work and the graft. And then I think they had a couple of easier games and they absolutely blew them. And then that was it. And I think that's why I put them so low, was they did the hard work and caught them up. But I think they picked up about a point or something in the last five games. Yeah. You know, it's just not good they enough. Had this, they had this run, I think it was around about Christmas time, when they started to get some points on the board and yeah. thought they were going to push on. But they just didn't have that... Yeah. Well, they didn't have a striker. I mean, they had plenty of strikers, but they didn't have a decent striker. Yeah, they tried to bring and get Madger, didn't they? He started okay, but he's not your out-and-out sort of 20-15 goal man of season, is he? And you got Mitrovic, who like, scored, what, three goals or something? Yeah. He wasn't selected much, was he? No. But they tightened up their defence. That, that's normally the hardest part for a team struggling at the bottom. They gave themselves yeah. a real chance. Yeah. And... Yeah, and like you say, they, they picked up wins against Liverpool and uh, away from home. Leicester. Yeah. And Leicester, yeah. And then it just didn't go right, didn't go. They just sort of, like, choked, didn't they, really? And then uh, Scotty Parker's flown the nest to Bournemouth. Yeah, sure has. And uh, Fulham have got uh, Gomez, aren't they? Is it Gomez? No, Silver, sorry. Uh, Silver. Yeah. yeah. We'll see how long he lasts. 
All right, so that's that's the obvious three out of the way. So yeah, now now we're on to the more tricky ones. So Chris, you've gone with Wolves and Southampton. Yeah. Dan's gone Arsenal Wolves, and I've gone Arsenal Spurs. So <laughs> we'll start with Wolves. <laughs> why yeah, why I... are they so low for for you? Well, I mean, they're not that to... far up for me. Yeah, I, I put them to be fighting probably for top seven. Obviously, Raul Jimenez got hit that injury. He just sort of seemed to have stopped the team from playing totally. I know he was a main outlet attacking wise. Armand Torre didn't have a great season, I don't think. And they were lacking goals. And I think they lost confidence as well. And at the back, where they were very good the last couple of seasons with the loss of Doherty, it just seemed to be like, like we're saying with. West, West West Brom, sorry, just leaking goals. And the, I thought they were quite lucky not to get themselves into this fight for relegation. But obviously the other three were that bad that they, they sort of got away with one, in my personal opinion. Yeah, I kind, kind of agree with everything you said. Uh, for me, they, um, they, had, I did, they had a real identity about the way they played. They were really solid. They were challenging all of the top teams every time they played against them in the season before last. And then this season, they were absolutely toothless going forward. To say there was a lack of goals is a real understatement. They they couldn't score for love or money. And then they've, they've, lost, um, they've lost players, obviously. They had injuries. Um, it was it was just uh, so disappointing. They were, they were they looked like an established Premier League team with a real sense of identity, where you know what you're going to get. They're going to be quality all over the pitch, and they just went backwards so much. I think the fans will be really gutted that they they really uh, they let it go last season. Yeah. And, and then the manager's bought, gone. Yeah, of course. They bought that money on Fab, uh, Fabio Silva, is it? I know he's only 18, but 30 million again, putting another 30 million on a teenager and it's difficult for him to obviously come out there and all the big players just didn't seem to you know step up when Jimenez got injured it just seemed very flat to me yeah come on what do you think because you've obviously got them higher up no I only put them at 13 um they're mainly there because they were never really in danger of going down no um, and (laughs) let you like we've touched on Jimenez was a massive loss for them. Jota was a massive loss for them when they sold him. And um, who was the other lad? Johnny. Was it Johnny? Yeah. He was also a massive loss. I just almost felt like... I kind of felt like Nuno Santo was already thinking about leaving last season. And he was just sort of coasting along and all the players were coasting along. But they were just... I mean, they were safe all season. So I've just put them in a safe spot in my ranking. My logic, <laughs> but don't you think the expectations were higher at Wolves? Yeah. So I thought they would be definitely challenging for a European spot. Oh, I put them sixth, didn't I, at the start of that season? So yeah, I definitely did. But but yeah, um, yeah, I think that's why we've. Um, so you said thirteenth. That's yeah, that's not much higher than what we put them. No, it's not. I mean, probably my seventeen to twelve. Could have been in any order, to be honest. Yeah. All right. Uh, then it's Arsenal for me and Dan. Why is uh Well, I know why they're so low. <laughs> well, they've they've not they've not qualified for Europe for the first time in was it twenty five years? Twenty five years. Yeah. So that's obviously that's that's going to hurt. 
and that's that's a step backwards. But then on the pitch as well, I think Christmas time, there was talk about them being in the relegation battle that had such a bad start to the season. And when you look all over the pitch now, who are the star players at Arsenal? Yeah. They haven't got it. They are the definition of a mid-table team. If you look at that team right now, I cannot see them progressing. And the signings they're making this summer, I don't see it. I think they're a badly run club, and I think that they've gone backwards massively. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I, I felt like Arteta sort of had a way of playing, and he wanted to instill it in Arsenal, and it was clear that it wasn't working. But he just persisted with it for so long, and then eventually, I think, just after was it just around around Christmas or before Christmas? Just before, yeah. He brought in a few of the young lads, uh, Saka and Smith Rowe, and they actually gave a toss and put in some decent performances, and they started to climb again. Yeah. But then again, it's the so-called established big names in the team, biggish names. They just didn't bother about. Abamyang was a shadow of his former self. Lacazette, you know, again, same with him. Their only saving grace this season was getting Mesut Ozil off the books. <laughs> Christopher, what were your thoughts on Arsenal? Where, where are they? Where are they for you? No, just above what they were fifteenth uh, for me. Just think it's a big mess, isn't it? <laughs> to put it bluntly, there. That's exactly what what you guys said. Even as bad as they were, they were still only like at one point about three points behind the top six, and still managed to f that up somehow. I think there's the game against Burnley, was it, where they were 1-0 coasting and then they ended up with nine men and lost the game 2-1. Just like that sort of thing would never have happened with Arsenal sort of 10 years ago. The discipline totally where it goes, get a bit petulant as well. We've got Zaka as, as captain. I just don't... <laughs> he's, he's not, a, he's not a, lead, a true leader. He's an OK player, but like you said, the big girl players just haven't really stepped up. And they're just using, really, um, the younger players to really try and forge some sort of future with the club, for the club, to be honest. And I think that's the best way they can go about, try and get rid of the deadwood that they've got, because it is deadwood. I mean, William, I don't know why they even bought him. <laughs> He's like had one half-decent game. It's, it's just madness. Like you said, Edu, whoever's in charge of the, the signings, needs sacking immediately. <laughs> I agree. You've got someone like David Louise there who, on his day, can be absolutely brilliant, but 99% of the time he's just a liability at the back. Yeah. Yep. But the question is, Madison, would he go there? I, I... Why would he go there? Exactly. Well, why would he go there? <laughs> All these reports that Arsenal are going to offer Leicester some money and a player. What players have they got that Leicester would want? The ones they're not going to sell. <laughs> Smithrow. <laughs> exactly. That's the, yeah. Well, I mean, one of the best it. players was at Newcastle last season. Made it <laughs> No, it's a joke. They're, they're, like I said, they're not a big club. All these reports, Madison just must be laughing when he's reading them because he's, he's not going to leave Leicester to go to Arsenal. <laughs> no, it's it ridiculous. Because money's not an issue. So why would he leave? Well, I mean, like, they're enticing a Brighton player, okay, for £50 million who's had one year's experience on, in the Premier League. And I'm, not, I'm going to go at Ben White. I mean, he looks a very good player, but needs nurturing. But for 50 million, I mean, that is just ridiculous. I mean, Brighton must have been running to the bank with that. Completely agree. And was it the year before they signed Pepe for 70 million? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's another one. He'll have a couple of good games and then you don't see him for a few weeks. 
can't yeah. even get in the side every week, can he? No. Seventy million. What, what are they doing? And also, they've got they've had the they've bought decent players online, like um, Celibos. I've seen him out uh, Real and Ostengard as well. Is it Ostengard? The um, Odegaard. 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 Sorry. Um, he's a fantastic player. I've seen him when he was um, at Sociedad, but he looks half the player when he's at Arsenal than he was there. I think it's just the whole, I think it's just being around there. I just think at the moment it's just been some sort of curse, I think. <laughs> they, they also got rid of their best goalkeeper to Aston Villa, which I found well, yeah. a bit weird. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now after Bournemouth, uh, sorry, sorry, Sheffield United and then, Form of ex-keeper Ramsdale. Relegation specialist think. though, isn't he? So <laughs> probably put him in good stead for next season. <laughs> okay, so that just leaves Southampton then, Chris. Oh yes, Southampton. Um, I had them at fifteen. I don't know where Dan's got them. Fifteen. Oh, yeah. We're all on the same page, just about. Yeah, I'll put Southampton down there. They've at the beginning of the season they were I think I know they had one week of being at the top and everyone was very happy with everything how it was going. But I just think with the quality of players that they had then at their disposal, I just thought that the slump that they had at the end of the season, wow, it was bad, wasn't it? Really bad. The nine nil nine nil defeat at Manu again, another nine nil. <laughs> I mean you couldn't even write it. I mean if I I'm going to put, I think, a bet on just for them to lose again 9-0, see if they do it three times. <laughs> Might win a few quid. But, I mean, it's just mad. And they've got the players there, and, you know, but they just weren't very much underachieved, I thought. They're, they're top 10. Well, they were a top 10 team before their dealings in the summer. And now, I don't know. <laughs> they're on that slippery slope, I think. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're already on that, like you say, that downward spiral, which is not a good thing to start a new season with unless they get off the flyer. Yeah. And they've sold their best striker. Yeah. Quietest transfer ever. Um, Ryan Bertrand's left. Ryan Bertrand's gone yeah. as well, yeah. Um, Minamino's back at Liverpool. Uh, yeah. I, I can't see I can't see them doing a great deal next season. I'm, I'm a bit worried for them, actually. Yeah, lack of strikers. As far as I'm team. aware, they've only signed that Chelsea youngster who I've never even heard of. Yeah, and I feel sorry for the manager to be honest as well because I, I I I do like him actually. <laughs> I mean, he's, the, he's a very good coach. The the way he sorted them out after the nine nil drubbing by Leicester. I mean, they went on a charge, didn't they? Not many coaches would be able to have done that, you know, with their players. Yeah. I've seen some. I'm sorry, Chris. Um, but also, I've seen some stats on Hassel Hootel. Um, I think Liverpool had the most presses in the Premier League, and then Southampton was second behind them for the way that they pressed the ball. And that's all from the coach, and that's the way he plays. And that, that's a great way to set up a team. But then that, that's the good side. On the bad, look at the, like you said, the way they fell away last season. The fans must be petrified <laughs> going into the new season with the business they've done. And you can't you can't put a mile in fifteenth on your list for that reason alone. My concern is there's no pace. They've lost now the pace of things, and then the, their defence is you know Vestergaard is very good in the air, but well, he might not be there. Come new season. 
Yeah, yeah, might do. But I was just saying, it's only a week or so away. Got to start doing something. Although I read somewhere, I saw it somewhere, that I think Hassan Huchel is the only manager to manage a team at the top of the, to be at the top of the table and lose 9-0 in the same season. <laughs> You've got to give him credit for that. Yeah. <laughs> Good start there. Um, oh, I've still got, oh, sorry, I've got Spurs at 16th. Which, where do you start with Spurs? I mean, you knew Mourinho was going to be in trouble even before the start of the season, but they thought they started off quite well, I thought. I thought they were like title contenders and then beat Man United 6-1 at Old Trafford. And then it just descended into the usual Mourinho dross that he, he gets his players to play. And if I think if it wasn't for someone like Harry Kane and Son, they'd be way down the table. That's been their only saving grace. And... And then they had that stupid decision to sack Mourinho like three days before a cup final. <laughs> when, if anyone can win a cup final against Guardiola, Mourinho is probably be near the top of my list. And then to and top they, it off, mate, though, they put Ryan Mason in charge. Yeah, exactly, he's got no managerial experience in the the top flight. Bless his heart as well. I mean, he, he's tried his best, but. If you're going to do something like that, at least get a replacement who's got experience at that sort of level. But no. no. Cheaper uh, option. I mean, literally, Ryan Mason was playing. He was taking orders from um, how he came five years before when he was playing at Spurs. <laughs> so it's just, you know, you've got there one of the mate, one of the lads there, haven't you? A mate <laughs> in most of the cases. And in some cases, he's younger than some of the players. It, it beggars belief, it really does. Uh, and then we've had the whole merry-go-round of managerial candidates, and he's eventually settled on his 20th choice of Nuno. I, we'll I see how that pans so, out. I feel so sorry for the fans. I mean, hearing every single day they're being linked with a manager, and you've got the heights of people like Conte, then suddenly it sort of like then lowers down slowly to, to people that are mid-table, and then Nuno comes up. It's sort of like, oh, okay, we have to take him. I feel sorry for Nuno as well because obviously he would have known about how many people were after the looking at the job and so forth. Yeah, it's a sad state of affairs, really. Um, doesn't bode well going to the new season. But uh, ranking them for t- for last season, I, I put them on t- as tenth position, a little bit higher than you. And the reason for that is that they did qualify for the Europa League. Yeah. Is well, it, was Europa it the conference? Conference was it? Or? Yes, it's been rebranded. It's a new setup. So where were they for you, Chris? They were 13th for me. Okay. So let's have your 15 to 11 then, please, Chris. So I got Arsenal, Newcastle, Spurs, Everton and Brighton. Okay. Dan? So I had Southampton... Crystal Palace, Brighton, Newcastle, Everton. All very much, much the same. I had Southampton, Brighton, Wolves, Everton, Palace. Right then, so let's start with Newcastle, shall we? Okay. Get the ball rolling, Chris. Yeah, um, the stayed up. Yeah. I, I found that tight. I mean, for the majority of the season, um, 
you know, Bruce's tactics were probably in a lot of ways rightfully slated by people. They've got so quite a lot of attacking talent there with St. Maximum, um, Callum Wilson, Wemfit, obviously. Um, but yeah, I, I just found that I would like they they did well to stay up. Um, but I still think there's room for improvement there. I'm not going to touch on <laughs> with Steve Bruce as a manager. I I really don't know what's going on at Newcastle now. Um, but when they're good, they looked half decent actually near the end of the season. Uh, but again, I don't know whether that was because they stayed up and they had the pressure off. Damn. So yeah, I put them at twelve. I put them a little bit higher, and that was because I thought that they exceeded expectations really they, i think everyone knew they were going to be near the bottom in a bit of a dogfight but i thought that they churned out results quite regularly and they were quite competitive in more games than i expected and i thought that bruce did a good job with the resources he had at his disposal i thought he did all right and i think newcastle fans went into that season a bit apprehensive and then i think they'll be a bit relieved and they'll be satisfied i know that they're not they're not happy <laughs> that's more due to the way the club's been run and who they've yeah. they've been told is going to be in charge. But in terms of what Bruce did with those resources and that team, I think he did all right. And I think it's, they had a reasonable yeah. season. They spent money as well, which they haven't done for like the last two, three years. So hypothetically, the the fans couldn't complain about him not splashing in the checkbook because I think they spent about fifty odd million. Depends though. If you spend fifty million on Joe Linton, you can complain <laughs> about it. <laughs> oh, Callum Wilson's no Joe Linton, though, is it? <laughs> yeah, I'd I'd him at ten. Um Dan's pretty much summed up exactly what I thought of him, if I'm being honest. But I think when they had players like Alan Saint Ma- Alan Saint Maximin and Wilson fit, they looked a decent outfit mm. last season. And I think Bruce is slowly getting some life out of Joel Linton as well now. I think he's yeah, not saying he's worth forty million. He's certainly not worth forty million, but he's showing yeah. some value. Yeah, yeah. Put him on the wing. Yeah, yeah different Joe's position. The whole of his life. It's helping, yeah. <laughs> and obviously, Joe Willock was a massive, of course, uh, massive yeah. boost for him last season. If they could get him again, then they'll be absolutely fine next season. But. Yeah, it's whether Arsenal want to get rid of him. Seeing as he's better than probably most of the Arsenal players. Oh yes, what was it? What, did he score in how many consecutive games? Was it about ten consecutive it was, games? It was seven, seven games, I think. Which is that's, that's, that's an excellent for really a midfielder, isn't it? Which I think is the youngest. He's the youngest player to ever do it in the Premiership, and I think he's equaled Alan Shearer's record. Wow! Well, well Shame the season finished. Okay, so let's move on to Crystal Palace, who Chris hasn't even mentioned. Dan's got it at 14, and I've got it at 11. Let's have your thoughts on Palace, Dan. Um, I've not got a lot to say about them. They, they didn't do much, that's why. They, yeah, they, they, they're, they're very modest with the money they spend in the transfer market. They were well clear of relegation. They're hard to beat. Um, but by the same token, I don't think the fans have had much to get excited about there. So I think that's all I've got to say about them, really. I've put them at 10. <laughs> that sounds... well, I didn't think you'd have them much higher, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean, starting to worry. I mean, I, the one plus side, I've got to say, and I'm a personal fan of him, and that's Eze. He's been... Well, he was just starting to get get really into it. 
him and Zaha were really starting to link up and then obviously he got his injury, which was really sad because I might have been sneaking into the England squad, apparently. Um, but like you said, they just go through, they, they do things quietly, don't they? <laughs> you, 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 a lot of the time you don't really know that they're there. <laughs> um, but my concern is, though, you're sort of still playing people like Christian Benteke as your lead striker. You can only go through that for so many seasons. That that's it. That's it for me. That there's no there's no progression at Palace. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's an aging defence, which yeah. that's going to bite them sooner or later. So I think they've tried to address that in this transfer window. And then the, the midfield's a little bit stoic. The, they've got wingers playing up front, and then when they when they play, they have nine men behind the ball most of the match. It's it's not it's not fun to watch, and I don't think the Palace fans can really enjoy that. Yeah. It'd be very interesting this year, though, with Vieira being manager, on what sort of uh, obviously the style will probably be quite different. Uh, remember the last person that changed the style at Palace and what happened there? So gone by Christmas is my of Vieira. <laughs> gone by six games, wasn't it? <laughs> but I think they need a transition, for better yeah, or worse. I think they need change. So. Hopefully the the Palace fans are a bit excited going into this this new season. Yeah. Okay, so next up, uh, my number fourteen was Brighton. Um, I mean, I just feel like with Brighton, we say the same thing every season. They play great football. They've got a great young manager, but they just can't score goals. Yeah, and that's been their problem. And at the moment, it's going to be their problem this season. Yeah, so they never time. really they again they never really looked in danger this season. They were just kind of there, but you didn't ever feel they were worse than West Brom or Fulham or Sheffield United. And I think if they can get someone who can actually you know fifteen to twenty goal man up front, then they'll have a good season because they do play nice football. This is I think like they've been very like lucky. Like I said, that the the three teams were so bad that they've missed a lot of chances last season. And then, you know, if if there was a bit bit more pressure on them, then they might have slightly buckled. But like you say, play good stuff. You just have to see next season who they bring in, if they bring in anyone. They seem to be, trans, you know, bringing in quite a lot of young, young talent to sort of bring through, which is good to see. And it all depends really on who they keep as well. The midfield is always heavily linked, isn't they, for a move away. Their defensive Zuma. midfielder. That's him, yeah. And he looks really good, to be honest. And they got, what's his name? Tarek Lamptey as well, at left back. Is he left back, yeah. right back? Right back. Uh, right, right back. back. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of positives there. Even even though they've, they've had a lot of runs of poor results, they play good football. I can see the progression. They've got all these young players that are getting better. and They've just sold one for £50 million. Pounds. Yeah. Hopefully they'll reinvest that in the squad and they will kick on. But I think there's there's reason to be optimistic for the Brighton fans. They do play good football and they've not got many more pieces of the jigsaw to put in place before they have a really good season. No, and also their keeper that they bought through is fantastic. He, before the last season, he was playing for Rochdale on loan. So, you know, now he's third choice at Spain. And he's first team keeper at Brighton, so yeah, he's a good find. He's good, fantastic find. Number thirteen, it's Spurs, Brighton, and Wolves. So we've talked about them. So we're back to Chris uh, to tell us about Everton. Oh, Everton! Everton. I thought you like Everton. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I mean, they, they came in, didn't they, in the summer, bought big, Alain, um, Rodriguez, started really well. Calvert-Lewin was on fire. Uh, top of the table, even here in the, the blue side of Merseyside, talking about title winning under Ancelotti. And they do what, they've done a spectacular Everton slump, really, haven't they? It, you know, ever since Christmas, it, it's just got, it's just not been very good. <laughs> Again, you got to look at it, the squad lacks depth. They've got quality if everyone's fit, but when you've got, had the different, you know, the fixtures were quick and fast this year, weren't they, due to COVID? And they really struggled to maintain fit players. And I just think they've quite badly underachieved this year. Yeah, I think the the big problem for me is that they don't really have a backup for Calvert-Lewin. I mean, he gets injured, they haven't really got anyone else that can fill that void. You've got Ricarlison, who's another one of these, he left seven great games and then disappeared for two months. Um, and then, yeah, their, their defence is a bit hit and miss. I mean, they've got a good goalkeeper, but he tends to be better for England than he does Everton. And they just, yeah, they, like you say, they, they got to a point where it's like, oh, Everton knocking on the door of Europe, and then they've just had a complete meltdown. And yeah, just completely I, I, dropped that back, didn't they? they? Yeah. In the end, I think. Which is yeah. really poor. And unfortunately, I think it was sort of Ancelotti thought he could, you know, make them into a great club. And he probably realised at the end of this season, actually, it's too much even for me to sort of look at. There's too much rebuilding <laughs> I need, need to do it. They can be a good club. They just need to oh, yeah. spending silly money on silly players, like 40 million on Iwobi and Moyes Keane and yeah. players like that. And... Yeah, I mean, yeah, can't disagree with that, to be honest. Uh, I got excited about Everton at the start of the year. Um, obviously, Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison, they were netting so many goals. James Rodriguez was being quite creative. Uh, Dinia down the left side, one of the best fullbacks in the Premier League. He had a fantastic season. And uh, the centre-backs started to improve. Um, centre midfield, again, pretty strong. Uh, yeah, they, they, had, they had quality all over the pitch, um, but they, they just couldn't sustain it, could they? And now they had that slump, they've lost their manager. What are they left with at the end of the season? You have to, From all that promise and that great start, you'd be so disappointed now as an Everton fan looking at what you've got left. Yeah. How do we think Rafa's going to get on? Interestingly. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'll do well because there's there's yeah. the bones of a good team there, and I think that Rafa will um, will help them progress. He's, I mean, a lot of people have taken the Mickey a bit out the signings that they've done, you know, Andros Townsend and Damari Gray. But in today's um, world with money, they both cost two million pounds to join. Obviously, Townsend was a free, Damari Gray was two million. I mean, that it's a snip really. You can't really go wrong with something like that if it don't work out it doesn't work out because you're not paid a lot of money he's, so he's brought in he, sorry chris he's, he's brought in what everton need and that's yeah. some wide players that can put a ball in the box yeah exactly for carver lewin he's get it he's on his head two six foot three he's not gonna you know get it onto his head <laughs> andrews townsend and damari gray though aren't gonna be the difference between getting in champions league no. 
So he, he needs some some more players, I think, yet. Yeah. yeah. No doubt he's got some lined up somewhere along the line. You know what Ralph is like. Okay. So now we're on to the final 10. That's where it's going to get interesting, I think. Chris, what's your 10 to 6? Yeah. So I've gone with Palace, Filler, Burnley, Liverpool, and Leeds. Okay. Dan? Yeah, very similar. Um, Spurs at 10, Aston Villa, Leeds, Burnley, Liverpool. I've gone Newcastle, Burnley, Villa, Leeds, and Man United. Gasps from the fans <laughs> with Man United. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Whoa! Why <laughs> <My> a streak? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's everyone's uh, opinion. Doubt my Man United one now, but no, I'm, I'm sticking with <laughs> no, stick it. Stick with my guns. Yeah. You stick to your guns, and I'm just fine. You. There's no bias tree. <laughs> just whether I can argue that there's no bias tree. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Palace, we've already talked about. Uh, Palace versus Newcastle is number 10. Uh, so Villa is both your number nine, and I've got my number eight. Talk to us about Aston Villa, Dan, uh, Chris. Yeah, again, fantastic start to the season they had. Gave uh, Liverpool a good kick in as well um, that, that day. Um, but Arthur as a whole, fantastic progression. They seem to be very a lot more savvy in the transfer market as well. All their new signings, great keeper, Martinez. Matty Cash from Forest. I thought it's been a small revelation, really. Just got on with his job. No, hardly made any errors all season. And obviously Grealish controlling the midfield. And um, Ollie Watkins, fantastic first season as well. I think as a Villa fan, you can only think that the only way is up, really. The only thing I can say is that they did drop, I thought, um, intensity a little bit near the end. They lost a bit of consistency, losing some games that they probably shouldn't have. But as a whole, if I were a Villa fan, I'd be chuffed. Yeah, I've got to agree. From where they were the season before, surviving on the last day of the season, they've been very shrewd in the market. They've addressed some positions where they had problems. Bringing Ollie Watkins in and the amount of goals he's returned, that's that's, a, that's solved a big problem for them. And you know, like you say, Matty Cash has done a good job. And uh, Traore on the wing as well. Quite a few assists there. And you used the key word, I think, progression. They've um, they've looked really good. When they've had Grealish fit, and they had, at one point, they had Grealish and Barkley in the team, linking up really well. And they looked like they could really kick on at that point. Uh, but then wheels fell off the bus a little bit when Grealish um, wasn't able to play. Um, so I was I was reluctant to put them high up my list. But no, they've had a good season and the fans are happy. And you're hearing all kinds of things about from Villa fans about kicking on to get qualifying for Europe and stuff. Obviously, that was before Grealish signed for Man City, though. <laughs> Yeah, no, I can't can't argue that at all. I think they've uh, pushed on massively, and I think had they kept Grealish fit for most of the season, I think they they probably would have finished a bit higher. But you know, these definitely. Happen. Um, but like Chris says, they they've been they were good in the transfer market last year. I think they've been good in the transfer market this year as well. All right, next up we've got um, I had Burnley at number nine. Chris had them at number eight. And Dan had number seven. So, I mean, Burnley just 
they're just one of these teams that just continue to surprise me. You know, they've got a budget of about two p. Sean Sean Dyne somehow keeps them in the Premiership every season, and it it blows my mind. Again, they they were never really in danger of going down. And I think yeah. last season they only brought in Dale Stevens. I think that was it. And crazy, isn't it? Had had another solid solid season in the Premiership. That's all really you can say about them. I'm just hugely impressed with what Dyche does there. I mean, they had, I think they had at the beginning of the season, 14 first team players. <laughs> and I think they continued it for the majority of it. You know, they got having to go into delve into youth, youth team at times. Um, but he does a fantastic job. They all absolutely adore him there. The players play for him. They know their roles exactly. Chris Wood is a pain in the backside to play against as well. I think he's quite underrated, to be honest, as well. He's good in the air and with, on the floor, with the ball on the floor. Um, got a great, good winger as well. Um, name's lost me. He's an England under-21 international. Dwight. McNeil. McNeil, yeah. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, I think he does an incredible job with limited resources. I would like to have put him slightly higher, but, again, they did finish... 17th in the league so <laughs> <laughs> can't put can't put too much by Burnley bias on it no, I completely agree the only, the only thing I'd say is that I for me on paper they were the weakest team in the whole division last year and it's just through tactical nous and hard work that like Ant said they, they weren't really any danger at any point um, but don't know how he's done it but tip my hat to him he's done really well and I think Burnley fans will be pleased they survived so I've put them 7th Fair play to Absolute graft, isn't it? Just, yeah, yeah. And puts in the hours and the players are all on board as well. So that's their reward, isn't it, really? Yeah, team's much greater than the sum of its parts, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh number eight is Chris said Burnley and Dan's gone Leeds and I've gone Villa. So Leeds, Dan. So First season back in the Premier League, they were great. <laughs> they scored loads of goals. That. They were very fun to watch, very entertaining. Um, yeah, that's a that's a Premier League team. That is <laughs> the way they play their football. Um, I I don't know how they can progress from that point. They've just got to try and sustain it now. It's such a great start to life back in the Premier League. I'm hugely impressed with what they've done there. Obviously, they need to tighten up the defence a bit, and that's that's going to be a challenge. But that would also compromise the way they play. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm just enjoying having Leeds back in the Premier League, the way this league team play. It's been a joy to watch. I great. can't wait to see the fans there at Ellen Road, you know, hearing the noise, the away teams. It's just going to be be a bit of a scary place to go, I tell you, for an away team. Um, fantastic this year, though, haven't they? Rafinha's been a breath of fresh air as well. Fantastic signing. Bamford's come into the Premier League and... Wow, yeah. And that really he surprised me. When you put him as one of your people to watch, Dan, I was like, have you been drinking too much? <laughs> I was like, I, I absolutely played him down, but he's proved me wrong. And he scored goals with his left, right, heading, everything, <laughs> even with his uh, wrist being offside huh, for one of the goals as well, wasn't it? But on a serious note, yeah, just keep it up. As long as I don't overspend like they did before. You don't want to see anything like that going down again, mm. which I don't think they will. 
and with Bielsa at the the lead, you just never know what's going to happen. <laughs> you know, lo- losing six two to Leeds one week. I mean, to Man United one week, and then pushing Liverpool for four three at Anfield the next. It's just unbelievable. They're certainly the great entertainers of the league. Hmm. Yeah, they don't change their style either, do they? Stuart Dallas thumping up the the right, <laughs> like he's the third striker when he's going to be at the back defending. <laughs> Love it. Can't beat it. He, he was like, when I put him in my fantasy team, he was just like a cheap four, four million bench player. I don't think he left my fantasy team after that. <laughs> I, no, I missed team. out on that one, mate. But then obviously they had players like Jack Harrison on loan up from Man City. He's been fantastic. And they bought him for 15 million. I mean, that's a snip, in my opinion, of today's market. And obviously Calvin Phillips is there. So we'll see how it's how he gets on after fantastic Euros and also yeah. second season syndrome as well. See whether they can push on instead of like what a lot of teams tend to do in the second oh, season. Yeah, they could do there. a Sheffield United on us. It's unlikely. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so I had Villa at number eight, uh, number seven, the big one, Liverpool, Chris. Dan's got me at six. And I'll admit I've got them at five. Oh, okay. That's fine. No, I, at the end of the season, Liverpool had six games unbeaten. Brilliant. And they got into the Champions League. I just think that, obviously, they're very unlucky with having the central defence crisis. Um, but, we had, you know, they had the January window to really buy in someone with have the funds to probably do it to buy someone of real quality but yet Klopp for, for whatever reason or Liverpool as a whole sorry didn't do that and they bought obviously Kubak which didn't work out and Ben Davies which I don't even know if he made it to the training pitch the poor lad but that's just not got wasn't great was it and I just think that that sort of slight maybe naivety or complacency is just sort of could have made the second half of the season a lot more easier if they bought in someone probably for a bit more money than they probably would have paid in the summer, but I've just have done it and then that would have been it, but they didn't. So that's my only gripe I've got. They did fantastically well with the resources that they had. Phillips is a, was a little bit of a sensation. I don't know whether he's going to play much next season, but the guy, I, I think, never seen a guy header as many balls as he did. I'm sure he headed them when he could have kicked them. <laughs> but yeah, very impressed with him. Yeah, so uh, I don't, I don't want to keep banging the drum on Liverpool's defensive woes from last season. But the, the thing, the reason I put them at six is because, in in a positive way, they've they've overcome some adversity, and they they've rallied together and they qualified for the Champions League, which I think is a really good achievement under those circumstances. Uh, so that, that's the reason I've I've put them that high up on my list. <laughs> they were they were in danger of being lower, if I'm honest. Yeah, I mean I, I put my five. Um I I put my five. I, I tried to look at the positives, obviously, like Dan says, don't want to keep banging on about Van Dyke not playing, but I think to from where they were with ten games to go and everyone wrote them off and then to go on that something like I think it was a ten game unbeaten run with two complete rookies playing centre back especially after our January-February home form troubles, I think was a remarkable achievement. So that's, what, that's bumped up my list a little bit. Yeah, I mean, obviously, 
one of the moments of the year was Alinson's header against West Brom. I mean, fantastic drama. You know, like stoppage time needed that win, didn't they, to really put pressure on the teams above them. And by that one moment, I think probably gave Liverpool that fourth place. And I think it gave the players that actual, like, wow, I think we can actually do this. <laughs> when everyone absolutely, from every media point, wrote them off, didn't they? They said, oh, this sixth or seventh, they'd be lucky to get in Europe, let alone Champions League. Yeah, I think they were 10 points behind at that point. Yeah. In fourth place. So, yeah. You know, I know obviously Leicester and Chelsea stuttered a bit towards the end, but you've still got to win your games to get up there. So, yeah. You've got to give, got to give some credit. Of course, yeah. It's just that silly home form in January and February that really let so. us down. Unfortunately so. I mean, the the run of four games, I think it was... Um, it was six. Yeah, but I mean, the the four, that what was it? Fulham, Burnley... Mm. Um, Brighton. Brighton. Brighton, one after another, and you just thought, you know, normally it would be just walk, walk out, you know, two, three nils, but that's football it's for you, isn't it? All about confidence. Well, this is it. And I, I realise that about 90% of that Liverpool team have probably never lost a game at Anfield. So no. I reckon when that Burnley result happened, because these results do happen, they're probably like, shit, what do we do now? Yeah. So you've yeah. got the fans there the next week to cheer you on. Yeah. Anyway, enough about Liverpool for you. <laughs> Um, so my number six was Man United, and I've got to now try and justify it. <laughs> um, well, if it makes you feel any better, I've got them at number five. Okay. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Man United and Liverpool, I was kind of flip-flopping between. I think Man United, there's, there's definitely been progress. There's no doubt about it. I still think they could be better. I think, um, you know, you've got someone like Pogba, who's another one of these that, He's, he's not the Pogba that we saw at the Euros. He has fits and starts. He has a great game, then, then you don't see him. You've got someone like Bruno Fernandes, who, yeah, he's a fantastic player and lots of assists and penalties and free kicks, but he doesn't. He goes missing in big games. You never see him in a big game. And I just, I'm still not convinced by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at Man United, I'm afraid. I, I just don't think he's going to get him over the line. I don't think he's... He might win him a cup but I think that's about it. Um, and, yeah, they were fantastic away from home. I think they were unbeaten, actually. But their home form, I mean, they didn't go losing six on the trot or anything, but it still wasn't great. They were losing to teams at home that they shouldn't be losing to, like Sheffield United and the likes. Um, yeah. yeah, I think had Man United won a trophy last season, I'd probably bump them up a bit higher. But as it stands, they can stay at six. No, I think you've put a fair review on them with that. I mean, it just... I think there was the the consistency factor with them, wasn't there? You know, like they beat Man City one week and then the next week I think they lost. And they still came second in the league. Fantastic improvement from previous leagues, which you can't, you know, that will never change. There's still room for improvement. Be very, they've got exciting times now. They, they seem to be now buying a bit more superstars as well. Let's see how Sancho gets on now. They've been chasing him for a year. It's going to have a bit, a bit of pressure on him as well with the price tag. And obviously tighten up the defence a bit with um, Varane as well. Fantastic player. Won everything in the game. 
they're going to be a bit of a force with next year, I think, and we'll have to see how Oli deals with that as well. But as a whole, I think this year he did well. Yeah, I think he did well. Uh, they were they were comfortably second, weren't they? Yeah. Um, Champions League qualification was achieved without too many issues. I was disappointed for them to crash out of the Champions League, but then they, they did get to the Europa League final, and then they, they just didn't quite get the job done, did they? So... No. Fell a little bit short on that, and that that would be disappointing for the fans for sure. But I thought, looking at the league, where they finished in the league, and uh, the fact that they've tightened up that defence, they've brought more star power and uh, been integrated into the team. They've got a lot of depth there now. I, I think there's a lot of positives for Man United. I think um, I think Solskjaer deserves a bit of a longer leash. Yes, he's got a four-year contract. So is that long enough for you? <laughs> That'll do. Yeah. How long has he been there now? Is it two, two full seasons? Um, yeah, it must be. Okay, well, let's hit the top five then. Um, Chris, what is your top five? Yeah, uh, Chelsea, Man U, West Ham, Leicester and Man City. Dan? Uh, Man United, West Ham, Leicester, Chelsea, Man City. So I've gone, uh, obviously, Liverpool at five, and then Man City. No, I'm joking. Um, Chelsea, Chelsea, Leicester, West Ham, Man City. So let's talk about Chelsea then. Game of two halves. (laughs) 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 Yeah, a bit rocky at the beginning, wasn't it, with with Frank? Had to, unfortunately, had to go. Um, Replaced with Tuchel, and he's really tightened up the defence, hasn't he, and brought through... um, his experience and obviously results have changed and slight tweaks here and there have um, created a lot of success for them and fantastic win in the Champions League final against Man City and they had them in the FA Cup semi-final. Couldn't quite beat a team called Leicester though in the final though, but they seem to be having Pep's number and it'd be very interesting to see coming on to next season on whether this will sort of grate with Pep or not, because it could be a bit of a good mental battle going on between the two managers, I think. But as a whole, I think he's done really well. I, to be honest, thought it wasn't a great appointment because at PSG, he, he seemed to really struggle with the players that they had there and keeping them in line. But um, he's done really well there. Can't can't really say how how well... Than, than, than what I was saying now, really. Yeah, well, no, so I can't disagree with anything you've said. Uh, I put them number two on my list because they've, they've won the Champions League. You can't, can't understate that. Uh, they've qualified for the Champions League for the league place in any way. They finished fourth and they got to an FA Cup final. If, if that's not a great season, I don't know what it is. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, they're only at number four because I just... Taking the trophies aside, I, I felt the Perhaps the achievements of Leicester and West Ham, who I put above them, were perhaps a little bit, in perspective, better than what Chelsea done. So number four, Chris has gone Man United, uh, Dan's gone West Ham, and I've gone Chelsea. So West Ham then. So West Ham, I think people weren't sure at the start of the season, but David Moyes is really put his stamp on the team. They play a certain style. They're solid at the back. They're creative through midfield. They're very dynamic through midfield. They work hard, and they've got goals in them. They've got great crosses coming into the box. They've just got a great playing style, 
and they're so consistent and consistency gets you points it puts you in the league I, I think they've just had a great season I don't know what, don't know how else to really put it but it's hugely impressive to be that consistent and, and that's that's the key yeah I mean I, I put my number two um, just because everyone most people wrote them off at the start of the season Chris included <laughs> thought I'd bring that one up yeah. Um, I mean, I think we probably all thought it. We didn't think West Ham was going to do much with David Moyes, but he's, he, you know, for majority of the season, they were up there challenging the big boys for the top four, which goes back to my point when I was saying you expect Chelsea to challenge for Champions League trophy. You don't expect West Ham to challenge for a top four spot. So, yeah, but, but West Ham didn't win a, didn't finish in the top four. No, of course didn't. Chelsea they didn't, they didn't did win, win they the fell away, but they, the point is they were still up there. And that's massive progress from where they were and where everyone expected them to be the legs just ran out towards the end so but they, they, he's done a fantastic job and unfortunately well i say unfortunately i i hope the owners build on it i don't think they will um because they're, they're tight um <laughs> but it'll be a real shame uh, i think if they get one more goal scorer in like a decent striker then they should be back up there and why they're not Telling Man United just to name their price for Jesse Lingard's beyond me because he was a hit at West Ham. Yeah, I mean, I've got to apologise really, haven't I? But <laughs> all them against Newcastle first game of the season, thought, oh my God, this is just going to be typical West Ham here. But no, they really turned it around. He, he's like similar to sort of the Burnleys and Leeds. He seems to have a team, a, a style of play that he's in put into all the players and they all 100% go for it. He's made some shrewd signings with Kufal and uh, Susek. I know Susek was online this season before, but they've really hardened the defence and add, added to the attack as well. Um, Antonio, when fit, is almost unplayable. <laughs> it's just a problem about get, keeping him fit. But like you said, maybe another another striker to help out. And maybe a dip in with um, Jesse Lingard as well, who not many people, including myself again, was almost laughing at that loan um, when I've heard about it, because we all had a good laugh about what's done more, the tree or Jesse Lingard. <laughs> um, but he's absolutely set the world alight, almost got into the England England starting lineup from not playing for two years, which in itself is a massive achievement. And yeah, the only way, well, you would hope is is up for them. But like we've said, we have to be a little bit honest, and we know the the owners from the past, and we can only see them thinking, well, I've got to Europe, so we'll just stick at that and not, you know, go stretch out a bit to to you know have a repeat season, which I hope they do. But just have to wait and see. I think Declan Rice is the key as well whether he will stay. Just have to go from there. Overrated. <clears throat> I'm warming to him a little bit. Yeah. Only slightly. I mean, to be honest, I thought four hours was rubbish, but the last season, he's he's totally sort of turned it around for me. I'm an underrated player, I think. Right, so that just leaves the two left, as Leicester and Manchester City. So we'll let Dan talk about his team. Yeah, Manchester City, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Yeah, Leicester. Um, so they've, they've obviously had a great season. They've been right up in the top four throughout the whole campaign. I think they only dropped out the top four on the last weekend, actually, the whole season. So that they've been really consistent with the results and the performances. And then the thing that some people forget is the amount of injuries that Leicester had throughout last season. They they don't have a deep squad, but they had a lot of injuries. And they managed to Can't sustain... Can't keep banging on the injury drum, Dan. <laughs> well, the point I wanted to make is that um, Leicester had to change formation quite a few times to cope with the injuries. And I was hugely impressed with the manager, Brendan Rogers, finding ways to get the most out of what he had available and finding ways for that team to play well together. It was really impressive to watch. And, um, yeah, they just they just played some great football. And it's been, it's been, a, <laughs> it's been a great season to watch Leicester. Um, so, yeah, and then the, to cap it off with the FA Cup win for the first time in our history, for, for a Leicester fan, that's just unbelievable. It's, um, it's, it's just been a great season. I know we've dropped out of the Champions League spots for the second season in a row at the death, but to be honest, we've, we've qualified for Europe, and um, I'm, I'm quite satisfied with that. And the FA Cup win is massive, so very, very happy Leicester fan. Fair enough. Yeah, the, the FA Cup win bumped you up a little bit on my list because I know it's all very well being consistent in the league, but to lose the Champions League spot again. Unfortunate, shall we say, put it politely. That's my opinion. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not a Leicester fan, so I, you probably have different expectations. Yeah, the, the way like I it. looked at it was <laughs> from the start of the season for them to get into Europe again would have been a fantastic achievement. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. And as much as it must be a kick that they've spent over the last two years two weeks outside the top four in the in the run yeah, out of all the games is pretty you know pretty sickening i'm sure that you'd be more than happy to have had two runs in the europa league however i think they made massive strides this year as well they seem to be tougher to beat and they seem to be doing better against the top 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 five top six teams as well and again, I, I can only see the only ways ways up really for them. To be fair, just keep up that consistency, and that's why I put them up so high. Them and West West Ham, I just think that they've really mixed it with the big boys and can show that you don't need a massive uh, pocket load of money to to mix it up. Speaking of pocket loads of money, let's talk about Man City. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're my number one because they've basically not had a strike all season and still managed to win the season at Cancer. What was it, 20, 24 league games, was it, unbeaten? Or was it wins? 21 wins, I think it was. 21 wins. I mean, that's just unbelievable. What was it, didn't they? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> win it easily. They, 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 they must have thought, we'll give ourselves a bit of... Um, Make it a bit difficult for ourselves. Start a couple of points behind everyone. And let them think that that they got stand a chance of winning, and then we'll just put the foot down. Very impressive. Can't can't really say any more. Really, I mean, Rodri's been fantastic for them in defensive mid, and you got De Bruyne, Foden, Mares when he's had to play, all just chomping in with the goals. 
Playing false nines as well. Impressed with Torres when he's played. Scored one of the best hat-tricks I've seen for quite a while against Newcastle. Yeah, obviously he brought in Diaz, who then got the best out of Stones next to him. So, yeah. What a buy that was as well, Diaz. Absolutely. Yeah, and they, they won the League Cup, they won the Premier League, and they got to the Champions League final. I mean, they might as well just give them the League Cup every season, to be honest. <laughs> it's getting ridiculous. You know, they, they've got the biggest squad. They can stick the reserves out and still be, probably still finish second in the Premiership. Well, Jamie Vardy's not won the League Cup yet. So I think he might, there we are. He might be interested in it this year. Maybe the Europa League as well for Vardy. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's, what, that's the that's way it's going to go. Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think that wraps it up quite nicely. Um, I think overall we were more or less on the same page. So, okay. who's 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 been the manager of the season then, Chris? You've got to put Pep up there, haven't you? And uh, I'd have to say probably David Moyes. Yeah, good chance. Damn um, I've got a short list of three. It's Guardiola, Moyes and Rogers. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I think David Moyes probably came at number one for me, um, just because everyone wrote him off. But yeah, Rogers and Rogers had another solid season at Leicester and Guardiola is Guardiola. Yeah. Yeah, Guardiola got the edge for me. And then player of the season, top three players of the season. This could be interesting. I'll come to Dan <laughs> first this time. All right, so um, number three, I've gone for Phil Foden. Okay. Number two, Ruben Diaz. Number one, Kevin De Bruyne. Okay. Chris? I've actually gone with Song at number three. Then I've gone number two, I've gone Foden. And number one, I've gone Ruben Diaz. Fair enough. I've went with Emmy Martinez at number three. Good shout Diaz at number two, and then I've gone uh, Gundogan at number one. I thought we had a great season for City. Yeah, I wrote him down. I wrote his name down. He did have a great season. Finished their top scorer as well, I found out. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I mean, I know City didn't have a striker, but that is ridiculous. So what are we thinking for next season then? Just very quickly, who's going down? I think it's going to be a tight one this year. The teams that have gone up, come up, sorry, from the championship. You've got a couple of yo-yo teams there, obviously. But I'm, I'm, I'm sure that Norwich will be wanting, or especially the manager, will wanting to prove himself at the top level after the disaster he had last time. <laughs> but I'll, I'm going to actually probably go Southampton, Norwich, Brentford. Uh, push, but that last space I think is going to be really tight. I've literally wrote the same three teams down. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> I've I've got two of those down. Um, I've said Norwich, and then I've gone Watford, and then I've gone Southampton. Oh, okay. So I the think, three that I think Watford might be a, a little bit of a surprise. I don't think they, they won't set the world alight, but I think I like okay. I like how they play. Yeah, play good brand of football. Be as interesting long as they keep to see that. See how um, Tony does as well. Yeah, obviously they've got Tony. They they just they also just seem to churn out these decent players. You think of how many they've sold in the last couple of years. Yeah. And then, then they've got more. It's like a constant yeah. treadmill of decent players. 
Exactly. Uh, yeah, I think they'll they'll finish sort of bottom half. I don't think they'll be uncomfortable at any point. I don't know. Leicester steamrolled them in the cup last season. And top four. Same what, again. In the, in the order. Yeah. Why not? I'll go with Chelsea to win it. Man City, Liverpool, and Man United. I think it'll be quite tight this year. Yeah, I'd say I'll probably. I think I'm probably the same as Chris. I think it's going to be between City and Chelsea, dependent on who they sign in the next week. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. I think uh, the swing is going to be if Lukaku comes or not. Yeah, if Chelsea get an actual decent striker that scores 20 goals a season, then they're going to be right up there. Yeah, well, I, I, I kind of, I've got the same four teams, but different order. I, I think uh, Man City will win it again. No problems. Uh, I think Liverpool will finish second. Uh, Man United third. Chelsea fourth. Okay. For me, Chelsea just don't score enough goals. They play with a three centre-backs and then Kante and Jorginho in front of them. It, for me, it's really negative. I don't think they'll win enough games playing like that in the long term. Fair enough. Well, we've only got two weeks to find out. Was it a week now? Week and a bit, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Community yeah. Shield this Saturday. Oh, God, yeah, of course it is. Oh, no. <laughs> Leicester Man City. Yeah. Who do you think is going to win that? I don't know. It's Community Shield. Go to penalties. I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll love to see Leicester win it. I'd like to see you win it, yeah. One, I, one think, I think we will. City. I think I think Leicester will win it. I think Man City are a little bit undercooked this preseason, and Leicester. I watched them play last night. They look very sharp. Yeah. Right. Well, I think that about concludes our end of season review. Has you guys have got anything else to add? No, mate. I think we've covered everything there. I just want to. I mean, Chris has touched on it already, but for me, that last minute header from Allison. not only is it one of the moments of the season that's going to be one of the all-time moments of Premier League history for yeah, me. that was incredible that's going to be on the uh, match of the day credits and for years to it's come. just the drama yeah. wasn't it the drama of it all as well you think of the season he's had he's had a few little bits of oh he's been a bit on off this season and then he's come out with basically the best header i've ever seen anyone do <laughs> the corner and oh just brilliant raw emotion as well you can't beat you can't beat sport can you that's the thing that's just sport hmm. in its entirety there and football Maybe. well said well said right then well say goodbye um and we'll see you in the new season thanks for listening yep we'll see you yep. very soon see you soon
This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.